All right, it is Sunday, October 18th. I had to pause there. I was like, is it September or October? October 18th, 2020. This is the popular vote with Melissa and James. Melissa, it's October 18th. How are you doing? You know, it's very gloomy in Chicago today. It it fits my mood. I haven't done anything all day. Um, so, you know, things aren't going great. It's been a crazy week. But more importantly, how are you? How's Indianapolis? Just as gloomy and even worse. <laughs> <laughs> just, just as you'd imagine it. <laughs> so, yeah. But I heard, speaking of terrible, awful things you could do, I heard you watched um, a new um, Showtime TV program this week. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you bought anything on Prime Day or Prime Days from Amazon, which was mm-hmm. this past week, where they had you know specials on all sorts of products. They had a special on Showtime where you could subscribe to Showtime for 99 cents a month for the first two months. So I thought, why not? Mm-hmm. Why not? Um, so I am now a Showtime subscriber, and I watched the first episode of The Comey Rule. Starring Jeff Daniels and some other people. James, I don't know if you have seen this TV show, but I thought it was awful. I don't understand this. I mean, it covers the investigation into Hillary Clinton's fucking emails, which I am just exhausted of hearing about. Um, And they try and portray James Comey as like a hero and some kind of moral you know, amazing person. And I just, it was too much for me. I couldn't watch it after the first episode. I did a lot of eye rolling. I didn't like it. But have you seen that show? I've seen the trailer, so I've seen it. (laughs) I've seen the trailer. Mm -hmm. The trailer made it look very climactic. It was very dramatic. And I don't doubt that it was, I mean, it's, it is kind of a wild story, right? Especially given Mm -hmm. the timing with the election I don't doubt that it it would make for a good series, TV series. It just it was it was too dramatic and it was too it it just tried so hard to paint Comey in a positive light and I don't think he deserves it. No, I I'm, I think everyone is over Jim Comey. Trump supporters, non-Trump supporters, <laughs> I think everyone's like, "Girl, we left you in 2017 when you got fired. We're done with you. We're moving on." Right? Yeah. I mean, we are moving yeah. on into our future. <laughs> um, but did you watch anything this week? Um, well, I still have. Um, by the way, that's a really good deal on Showtime for 99 yeah. cents a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would highly recommend. Um, I really enjoyed when I did have the Showtime add-on for Hulu, and I did not get it for 99 cents a month. I think it was like $10 a month. Was um, the black comedy Black Monday? Okay, noted. It's really good. Um, it's got um, uh, Don Cheadle and some other really good people. Andrew Reynolds from Girls. Um, oh. It's really, it's very funny. And they're like 25 minute episodes. And you know how I feel about a 25 minute yeah. episode. Sign yeah. me up. Okay. So if you, I would highly recommend, and I don't know if we talked about that. I don't know if we talked about Black Monday on the pod, but it's fantastic. So I highly okay. recommend it. Okay, noted. I watched um, the first episode of, I don't I think it's an, I don't, it's not made for HBO. No, I think it's an HBO show called we are who we are. And it's like this coming of age story about a, basically a military brat who his family, he has two moms. So his, one of his moms is Chloe Sevigny, who's a army Colonel. She even has like the wedge haircut and everything, which I'm kind of obsessed with. Wow. Okay. Um, 
<laughs> and anyways, the kid is very weird. It's like a coming of age story, which I normally am into, but the kid is very unlikable, very unlikable. And it's by the same director who did Call Me By Your Name. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it's filmed in, I don't know if actually, I don't know if it's filmed in Italy, but it takes place in Italy. Okay, interesting. So it has that same look as Call Me By Your Name, which I think was a very beautiful movie. I agree, yeah. So I don't know, I'm, I'm intrigued. I'm going to probably continue to watch it, but I really don't like the kid. But I am all about Chloe Seveny playing yeah. a lesbian. Yeah, I, you know, the favorite thing that she's been in for me was the another HBO series. Um, oh my gosh, what was it called? It was about the polygamists. Big Love. And Big Love. That was my favorite. That's my favorite performance of hers. So I'm eager to see if maybe this HBO series will top that for me. Well, I, I, I encourage at least checking out the first episode. Okay. I will do that. Okay. So with that, it's like we kind of both had either tepid responses to what we watched this week or it was downright awful. Let's talk about the worst Republicans of the week because I know we both have some thoughts on this. Yeah, I don't even know where to s- – there's so many options for worst Republican of the week. I don't even know where to start. So James, if you want to start with with who you think takes the crown this week, go for it. So mine – I'm going to go with mine and – it's kind of a unsung hero is I think I'm one of like five people who still watches like the Sunday morning political roundtable shows. Mm-hmm. And Rana McDaniel, who's Mitt Romney's niece and the chair of the RNC, she's regularly on these programs. And she is like worse than Kellyanne Conway. She's like Kellyanne Conway with like a Midwest accent, with like a Michigan accent. She's the worst. Yikes. And she constantly just says crap garbage she was justifying the trump supporters yelling lock her up about gretchen whitmer the governor of michigan who literally was like being attacked and trump like supporting locking her up and ronna mcdaniel was like well we get death threats too so it's not a big deal like what no that doesn't make it okay no so she's she's like up there for me as far as one of the worst republicans of the week because she's kind of this like gaslighter She's just, she's a mess. But I know there's plenty, there's plenty to pick from. There's plenty of fish in the sea. So who's your, who's your <laughs> next, who's your next choice for worst Republican of the week? I want to go with Ben Sass. Ugh. So this week, audio leaked, allegedly leaked, who knows if he put it out there himself, in which he's basically complaining about Trump, um, talks about his concern over a blue tsunami coming to Congress with this election. And it's like, if you really thought that, if you truly believed those things, why don't your actions match, right? If you truly think Trump is awful, why do you support everything he does? Why didn't you vote to impeach him, right? It it just, I don't understand it. And I don't understand the play here, right? Like, is he trying, is he trying to appear as though he's not a Trump supporter, even though that's like, obviously not true? I, I just don't know what, what this is all about. But I chalk it up to like general hypocrisy from Republicans lately. And he's, yeah, I'm not a fan of him at all. Yeah. And what's weird is, is so he's actually up for re-election right now in Nebraska, the state he represents in the Senate. And what's strange about this is that he's not facing a competitive re-election. Yeah. And the White House 
which I rarely agree with, but I actually agree with them on this issue, has basically said that they think that Senator Ben Sass leaked this audio to the press himself or his office did. Mm-hmm. So I don't really understand the theory behind it. You're going to grow a backbone two weeks before the election. Yeah. And in, in a state that's not competitive. Now, it would be one thing if he was facing a competitive reelection. I would be like, oh, this is why he's doing it. He's trying mm-hmm. to win over like independent voters. Okay, girl, we see you. But this doesn't make any sense because he's going to get reelected and he's going to serve in the Senate for the next six years. I guess he's maybe trying to set himself up for some post Trump Republican party, but we all know that if Trump loses, he could very well run again in four years or Mm -hmm. Don Jr. or Ivanka is going to run in four years. So it's not going to be a Trumpless party. Yeah. I, is he playing the long game? Is he playing the short game? Is, is he is playing this, a game? Is he playing a game? What is this? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me either. So I just I just want to call out a, a runner-up for me for mm-hmm. worst Repu- Republican of the week. And that is Rudy Giuliani. And <laughs> I can't even summarize what um what a mess this week has been for him between his daughter coming out and saying, like my dad's, you know. My dad's an idiot. Do not vote for Trump. Um, some of the articles about how you know Trump was advised by the intelligence community that Giuliani had been compromised by Russian intelligence officials. It has just been a bad week for Rudy Giuliani, but he has always been a bumbling idiot. Um, but this week has been especially bad for him. Is he still America's mayor? <laughs> Is he? You know, debatable, debatable. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember that video back in the day of him like in drag talking to Donald Trump at some department store? Have you seen that video clip? No. I'll send it. I'll send it to you. And maybe, well, I'll try to post it on, uh, um, or I'll post stills on our Instagram page. Oh Um, my gosh. I did not know that existed. Yeah, because it was some like charity event he was doing, I think when he was mayor and he was like dressed up in drag and he like sees Donald Trump at this department store. It's very weird. Oh gosh. Okay. It's it's not content we asked for or that we needed in 2020, but here we are. (laughs) I am just surprised the Lincoln Project hasn't picked that up and turned it into an ad (laughs) of some kind. (laughs) I mean, I feel like they would, but it's very like, you have to be very careful with attacking people for that kind of thing today. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But it's totally worth it. And I think it's fair game. (laughs) It's fair game for the popular vote. So here we are. (laughs) So I think another, and this is just like, Another obviously easy Republican target for worst Republican of the week would obviously be Mitch McConnell and the continued stalling of the stimulus bill. It's absolutely ridiculous. I heard Ronna McDaniel, and again, I want to focus on Mitch, Mitch McConnell, but Ronna McDaniel, she was saying that Nancy Pelosi was holding the um, stimulus talks back. But the fact is this, is that the House has passed two stimulus bills, the HEROES Act and then like a watered-down HEROES Act that they've passed and sent to the Senate. The Senate doesn't have the votes to pass anything. Not even their watered-down bills. Mitch McConnell doesn't have the votes because he doesn't care. He only cares about judges. Yeah, and McConnell is not going to bring this up for a vote before the election. No. He's absolutely not going to do that, and he he is – he is absolute trash for doing that because he wants Biden to inherit a struggling, awful economy, right? Like he's not, and I think he also knows that Biden is not, or sorry, he knows that Trump is not going to get elected, reelected. Mm-hmm. And so I think that he, he wants to set 
Biden up for failure. And this is one way to do that. And it's awful. It's awful. It's awful. It's, I would say, anti-American in a lot of ways. Um, and, and literally, this is this is the playbook that he ran with, you know, when um, Barack Obama was elected. Yeah. Remember? Oh, our priority is making him a one-term president. It wasn't saving the economy. It wasn't trying to do good things. It was literally, we're going to make Barack Obama a one-term president, which, Mitch McConnell, you failed at. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, I hope he fails again. And I, you know, the thing that I've heard, the rumor that I've heard is, and this is what I've read on blogs and stuff, is that there's a very good possibility. Like, let's say, for example, Senate Republicans decide not to pass any stimulus. Joe Biden gets inaugurated at the end of January and the Democrats retake the majority of the Senate. And he, again, Mitch McConnell blocks the stimulus under the filibuster. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a good possibility that Democrats just do the quote unquote nuclear option and dis- and basically disregard the, the legislative filibuster at that point to get the stimulus done. And I uh, hope, I hope they do if it gives me $1,200 again. <laughs> Because there's a, there's, let me put it this way. There is a lot of Bath and Body Works products um, that I could buy. Speaking of which, Lakeside Morning is burning right now. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have been reading some theories that um, if McConnell continues to block this stimulus, um, Trump knows that it's going to hurt him in this re-election, right? Mm -hmm. And so the only card Trump has left to play against McConnell is withdrawing Barrett's nomination. Ooh. Which it will be interesting to see if and how this escalates between the two of them, right? Because Trump asked McConnell to pass something. McConnell saying, F you, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if there's going to be some back and forth between the two of them before the election. Will be very interesting. Yeah. And, and I wonder what, like, let's say, for example, like, I just wonder, like, what happens during that lame duck session? I will say this. I'll tell you exactly what ha- what does happen during that lame duck session. There will be tons of judges approved by the Senate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, t- I mm-hmm. mean, it's it's going to be a mess. They are going to, they will, Mitch McConnell will stay there all night, all day, <laughs> and fill every single vacancy uh, that Trump can send him. So, I mean, just a mess. A mess, um, for sure. And were there any other, I mean, obviously Susan Collins is always on our shit list for being, quote, very concerned about <laughs> Donald Trump. I'm very concerned. You know, she's always very concerned, but she never does anything. So I'm sure she's very concerned about Amy Coney Barrett's opinion on abortion, but will she do anything? No. Yeah. I mean, she came out and said that she wasn't going to vote, which basically is her coming yeah. out and saying that McConnell had all the votes he needed without her. <laughs> so it means nothing. It just, it means nothing. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's perpetually my least favorite because she she's like the Scooby Doo, you know, villain every episode who, you know, is wearing a Susan Collins quote moderate mask and then it's ripped off and it's really just Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Mhm. So, ugh. anyways, those are all the those are all the worst Republicans of the week. I'm trying to think if there's anyone else. I could I could maybe say um is Kaylee McEnany? She's still out with COVID, right? So I mean, <laughs> which I'm not going to put her on the list. She's clearly recovering still. <laughs> yeah, she's still out of office. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Oh, gosh. So I guess, I guess, and what's so weird about this week, and, and you tell me if, if you agree or disagree, it felt like a slow news week. But outside of Trump time, which is what I really call anything that's happened in the last four years, this week would have been monumental to have a Supreme Court nomination hearing. You know, this these are big news weeks, mm-hmm. but for some reason, it seemed almost normal. It seemed like a slow news week, even though 
This was one very, very, very extreme nominee, Amy Coney Barrett. Yeah, and I guess it's just because it's like the same old bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. And we've gotten used to it. So even though a lot has happened, it's all still the same BS that we're used to, you know? So it feels like it's the norm. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I will say this. I thought that the Senate Democrats were – I thought the hearings went as well as they were going to go for the Senate Democrats. I thought that – I was the only person who I think didn't really do a lot, but I think that was by design, was Kamala Harris – But I thought Dick Durbin, I thought Uh, he killed it. Okay, Big Dick Durbin did an excellent job, okay? And I, uh, he used his time very wisely. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought he was very articulate. I appreciated, can I just say, my favorite thing about these hearings is that if you want to present something, it's not a PowerPoint, right? It It is a poster that somebody is holding up on the side. And I would love after COVID's over and after I'm like back in an office and meetings, if I could have my intern just hold up my presentation <laughs> slides, it is much more impactful. Um, but yeah, I thought Big Dick Durbin did an, a- an excellent job, an amazing job. Um, I thought Kamala did a pretty decent job as well. She didn't go in as much as I wanted her to, but you could tell Amy COVID Barrett was very agitated. Either she was nervous, annoyed, I don't know what it was, but you could tell there was a lot of agitation there from her. So I thought the Democrats did pretty good. I agree with you. I thought they did. My favorite, well, one, um, excuse me, hello, hi, is this 911? I'd like to report a murder because Senator Dick Durbin murdered those effing hearings. Uh, thank you. Yes, he's at uh, he's at the Senate uh, committee meeting room. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you need to you need to pick up because he's killing it. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do that. Um, no, I thought um, Senator Amy Klobuchar actually did a really good job too. She really got under um, a- Amy's. Mm-hmm. Amy, she really it was the battle of the Amys, and I think Amy Klobuchar <laughs> got the best of Amy Coney Barrett by basically insinuating that by writing all this anti-Obamacare stuff at the very start of the Trump administration term, she was lining herself up for this role specifically to, to undermine the Affordable Care Act. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was like, but I'm a blank slate. And it's like, no, girl, no. We, we know you don't like the Affordable Care Act. We know that you're part of some creepy um, cult, okay? Like, these are facts. Like, we're not going to talk about the creepy cult because we don't want to upset evangelicals, but it's the truth. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, if you're in an organization called People of Praise, that's a cult. <laughs> that is a cult. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I thought Klobuchar did a great job. Very... <clears throat> Very passionate, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And I appreciate that. Also, can we just talk about Sheldon Whitehouse? Mm -hmm. Um, We've been sleeping on him. Wake up, girl. Rhode Island senator. (laughs) The best 30 minutes you could spend is watching – you know, what what he spoke about during those hearings. It was an incredibly articulate and thorough rundown of how right-wing dark money has been corrupting the courts for years to undermine the political strength of voters and Congress's ability to stop them. I mean, I did not know any of that information and has very much changed my perspective. And it is an amazing watch. Everyone should go watch his impassioned speech um, if you've got 30 minutes. It's worth it. 
Yeah, he was fantastic. There were a lot of good notes, and I thought that they focused like a laser on the Affordable Health Care Act. I thought they, mm-hmm. they talked about other stuff. I thought the two things that annoyed me the most about Amy Coney Barrett, these are the two things that annoyed me the most. One, I thought it was frightening that, like, here's the thing. I get that she wasn't going to comment on the Affordable Care lawsuit because it's pending before the Supreme Court. If she gets approved, she really shouldn't talk about it. And I don't think that's a bad thing. And I don't think anyone's suggesting that that's a, a bad thing. But when she holds up the notes that have nothing on it, after literally she didn't answer any questions. She didn't answer any questions. She literally would just say, well, I think that's going to come before the court. To include to include very simple things like... Mm-hmm. Do you think the president can pardon himself? Well, I can't comment on that. And it's like, and here's the thing. There were conservatives that were tweeting and commenting like, wow, this is amazing. She's like killing these hearings and she doesn't have any notes in front of her. And it's like, well, she's not answering the questions. So she, so if you're not going to answer the questions, you don't need notes. So that's right. nothing remarkable. Again, I'm not saying that she needed to answer all the questions, but don't sit there and act like you're some genius. I think Amy Coney Barrett knows exactly what she's doing by not not answering mm-hmm. questions, which which again, that's not a that's not necessarily a bad thing, but don't act like you're some super genius for not having notes, right? I agree. I agree. And, yeah. Especially when you have voiced opinions or perspectives outside of the hearing in articles or in in other outlets and then you're in the hearing and you're saying well you're like you're playing coy mm-hmm. you know we already know what your perspective is on this um yeah i i i didn't like that to me i thought the scariest thing that she well there are two scary things i thought that happened one was she went into depth of discussion on why Loving versus Virginia, which is the Supreme Court case that legalized um, interracial marriage in the U.S., she went into depth about how she thought that that was the right decision, that you know why it was made correctly, why it's precedent, etc. And then someone immediately, right after that, flipped the switch and said, "Well, let's talk about Obergefell, um, which is the case mm-hmm. that legalized Supreme that legalized gay marriage." And she's like, "I'm not going to comment on that." Yeah. And to yeah. me. To me, that was like, okay, like your silence is telling that you don't agree with it because Uh you can't go into depth on Loving versus Virginia and then turn around and talk about it. Absolutely ridiculous. And then the other thing was, you know, and this was to me the the scariest for all people, um, women especially, but men too, is that, you know, she would not comment on Griswold versus Connecticut, which is the case that in a lot of ways laid the foundation for Roe versus Wade. Griswold versus Connecticut was about the legalization of contraceptives. Uh But again- her religious views are, are, I know that they're supposedly off limits, but I think they dictate her policy views. And I think yeah. that, that as much as she's talked about how, oh, we're not going to be making policy on the court. No, you are. It's just policy that nobody asked for mm-hmm. <laughs> and that nobody mm-hmm. wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely scary. The other really scary part of the hearing was Senator Kennedy. Ugh. <laughs> What? I don't know what his strategy was. And I can only imagine he was elected to office because people thought that he was part of the Kennedy family, but he is he is not. <laughs> and his last question on one of the days was like, who does the laundry in your house? Like, was he drunk? Like, what was his what was he doing? It was the, it was the most bizarre questions. And uh, it was and weird. can you imagine if a Democrat had asked that question to a female conservative? Can right. you imagine the outrage over that question? Yeah. So, yeah. 
altogether, the hearings were a hot mess. She'll probably be confirmed. And here we are, right? <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Unfortunately, there is one other person I want to bring up. Okay. Yeah. Who, who actually wasn't in the hearings, but um, has inserted herself in the discussion. And that is Amanda Knox. Do you remember Amanda Knox? Um, are we talking about Foxy Knoxy? Yeah. <laughs> the woman who went to Italy to study abroad literally had the time of someone else's life um, <laughs> because someone else died in her house. She was uh, alleged to have done it. She was convicted and then later exonerated by the Italian Supreme Court and then got sent back home, correct? Yes. So she tweeted. I'm just going to read her tweet to you, Okay. People keep telling me I resemble Amy Coney Barrett. (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Continue, continue. (laughs) I do, and that neither of us are qualified for the Supreme Court. SNL, you know where to find me. Um, I've never really supported Amanda Knox until today. (laughs) Because I think she knew, I think she, I don't even want to get into the whole thing. Did you watch the Netflix show on her? Yes. Do you think she, I don't know if she did it, but I think she knew more than what she said. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> but I'm, I'm suddenly, you know, I'm team Foxy Noxy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she's definitely spent more time in a courtroom than um, Amy COVID Barrett. That's for sure. <laughs> that is that is actually probably very true, which is hilarious and very true. That's very good. I, I liked that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, and I'm so glad that you brought up um, Amanda Knox, because honestly, Who's more, who's more, um, who's more on topic than her in 2020? (laughs) I agree. So, I mean, what's crazy is we're literally, I think, 16, 17 days out from the election. So we're basically two weeks out from election day. And, you know, last, was it Friday night was the town hall or was it Thursday? I think it was Friday. Thursday. Okay. Yeah. You're right. Thursday. Now that I think about it. So it was what? Two months ago (laughs) was this town hall hearing. Um, I honestly don't remember anything other than the lady who told President Trump that he had a nice smile and that he should smile more. Oh, that woman. Oh, my gosh. My (laughs) – the entire time I was watching that town hall, I thought, this is a shit show. And then that woman shows up. And that is what made (laughs) – that is what made my jaw drop. Like, what world are you living in? Yeah, and Savannah Guthrie, I mean, God bless her. She she's doing the Lord's work over there on oh, NBC. I what a roller coaster, right? I was so pissed off that NBC agreed to do a town hall with Trump, who doesn't who doesn't deserve any airtime. If he wanted airtime, he should have agreed to do the debate, right? It mm-hmm. should have just been Joe Biden doing a town hall, right? Give him the the viewership, etc. But NBC coming through, right? Putting Savannah Guthrie as the host, whose job it was apparently just to humiliate Trump and call him out on all of his BS. And I'm like, I went from hating NBC NBC and thinking this was an awful decision to suddenly thinking, wow, like this was an amazing decision. Like go NBC, go Savannah, right? Well, and and I've seen the tweets, you know, think about it like this, you know, Savannah Guthrie, this is not her first time working with a sexual predator, alleged sexual predator. I mean, she worked with Matt Lauer on today for years. So holding holding inappropriate men accountable, I mean, she's kind of a badass like that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, So yeah, I thought it was ridiculous. I thought the smile lady... In a lot of ways, she's kind of, if you think about it, I think of her like, remember, we've already talked about Ken Bone. I'm not going to give him any more airtime. The red sweater guy who asked about energy policy at the 2016 debate. 
Paulette Jordan, I think is her name, the smile lady, who, by the way, is apparently voting for Joe Biden. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I can't. I can't. You to me, what? it's like, yeah, whatever. Joe Biden also has very nice veneers. So I think, I mean, if that's, if she's a single issue voter, right? And that single issue is the the smile of the president. I mean, Joe Biden does have a nice one. He does. Yeah. I mean, I just thought the whole interaction was beyond weird, right? <laughs> I mean, it was very weird, right? It, it was, yes, it was very weird. Um, yeah. And so there's apparently going to be a, be a debate this week. I don't know when it is. Let me see. I'm just going to do a quick Google search to see um, when the the second debate, but initially third debate, is going to be October 22nd. It's not going to happen. Right? Oh, you, you, I mean, I don't. I mean, here's what I think is going to happen. I think that the Commission on Presidential Debates is going to say that they'll mute microphones. And I think Trump's going to be like, yeah, that's not a debate. And he'll, he'll, he tweeted that uh, the commission on presidential debates were swamp people. So like, I girl, like I, it would not shock me if there was not a debate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree. Apparently in his debate prep this time, he's going to let Biden actually speak. Like he's, he's not planning on cutting him off as much and he's going to try to be funny and likable. Good luck. I don't know if he's capable of that, but I would love to see him try. Hey, you know what? I have seen a lot of clips from his recent rally of him dancing. So maybe that could be, <laughs> maybe that could be a little interlude in the middle of the debate to make him more likable. You know what? Maybe they'll both walk out on stage like how guests walk out on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be? Wouldn't that be a? And then mm-hmm. Ellen actually ended up moderating, like. <laughs> But not like, but not like public persona Ellen, like mean Ellen. Maybe mean Ellen will actually moderate the debate. That's the Ellen we need to moderate the debate. That is the only time that Ellen should come out is for the debate. I agree. Yeah, we need to get a new moderator. I don't know who the moderator is. I think it's, I, I think it's a female moderator. From I think it's, I think I read Kristen Welker of NBC News. Let me see. Uh, yeah, Kristen Welker from NBC News. I don't know a lot about her. I've seen her as like a correspondent on the Today Show. Um, she's from NBC, so maybe she'll do it Savannah Guthrie style. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I could also see Trump saying, you know, I was I was sabotaged by NBC, so I'm not going to do another debate with them. Um, maybe that's a likely scenario. Between muting microphones and his newfound hatred of NBC, he's got a lot of excuses just to dip out. Yeah, I, I agree. I So, yeah. And, and here's the thing. It's like, other than this debate, I don't know what, like, other shoe is going to, like, drop. I mean, I mean, really, if you think about it, there's not much more time for, I mean, who hasn't made up their mind at this point? Yeah. The only yeah. thing that people people are saying is, when am I going to vote? Am I going to vote by mail? Am I going to vote early in person? Am I going to vote on election day in person? I mean, that's, mm-hmm. or am I not going to vote? Mm-hmm. But I don't think that there's that many tormented people between Trump and Biden at this point, right? I agree with that. I mean, I watch the Trump town hall for entertainment purposes only. <laughs> and I had, I had the Biden town hall streaming on my computer on YouTube muted. And then I was watching the Trump town hall on Hulu on my TV because I didn't want Trump to win any kind of ratings war. So I, I was technically watching both just to cancel each other out. But I was actually tuning in to the Trump one for entertainment. And I, I would imagine it's either... 
people doing that, like me, or mm-hmm. actual Trump supporters, and it does not matter what he does during the debate, right? They're still going to support him. Um, so I don't think any minds are going to be changed. It's just people are going to feel better about their decisions. Yeah, I agree. And I wonder, yeah, I mean, I, it'll be interesting to see what topics are brought up because I feel like we've already covered like most of the big ones. So like, I hope now we get into like the weird topics. Like I hope somebody talks about like, like we get more in depth on QAnon or <laughs> like something really weird. Like I feel like there's always like one or two debate questions that are like, um, what? And I really hope we get one of those. I don't think we've really talked about foreign policy a lot outside mm-hmm. of like China. Yeah. Uh, I think that would be a good discussion to have. Yeah, I agree. That's most as always, I find myself saying, I agree. Maybe I'll try and see if the next debate is fielding questions from undecided voters and I'll pretend to be an undecided voter and ask some questions about foreign policy. I, I wish that for you. I wish <laughs> that for you. I wish that for all of us actually. Um, <laughs> So with that, I guess we'll go ahead and pivot into our Legends and Losers of the Week. And Melissa, I'm giving you total control. Do you want to start with Legends or Losers today? I'm going to start with Legends because this one is just... uh, My Legend of the Week is the United Steelworkers Union, who last night uh, lit up Trump Tower in Chicago with a Biden-Harris sign. It wasn't a sign. It was like a bat light, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, projected on Trump Tower. And it was amazing to see his building with his big ass, ugly Trump letters on it. And then literally right above it, Biden-Harris 2020. Um, They've been going around to different cities in the Midwest and projecting um, Biden-Harris on a variety of buildings. Um, and I just think what they're doing is amazing. And it is it is so satisfying to see that Trump Tower uh, with Biden's name on it. And I just can't wait to see what our governor, J.B. Pritzker, tweets about it because he's been going on a tirade against Trump lately. So I'm just really eager to see his thoughts on this. <laughs> I can't wait. I, I saw the picture. I think that you had reposted it. And I was like, ooh, that's good. I love right? that. It was really right? good. It was really good. Who's your legend of the week? So my legend of the week. My legend of the week is um, Hawaii Senator Maisie Hirono, because I really think, so she got a lot of shit from conservative Twitter and social media for asking Amy Coney Barrett if she had ever basically sexually harassed anyone or um, done any sort of sexual harassment at work um, or, you know, asked for sexual favors in advance of anything. But conservatives gave her shit because they were like, well, he, she's, Senator Hirono was asking these weird questions and how dare, you know, um, she asked, uh, you know, Amy Coney Barrett, you know, our amazing mother of sex, you know, judicial Supreme Court wacko, you know, a question like that. But let's not forget, she, Senator Hirono, she said, I ask every single judicial nominee that comes before this committee this question. And here's the thing. Can you blame her? This mm-hmm. is the same Republican Party that gave us Clarence Thomas. And we all know what happened between him and Anita Hill, you yep. know, and Brett Kavanaugh. And mm-hmm. other judicial nominees. So she treats everyone the same, mm-hmm. including a female nominee. And women and conservative women are always like, you know, well, I want to be treated the same as a man. Okay, well, girl, you're going to be mm-hmm. treated the same as everyone else. And I thought it was very good that she asked that question because what people don't realize is that these hearings are under oath, you know. Amy Coney Barrett, so had she, Amy Coney Barrett or anyone else that comes before that committee, if they, you know, lie 
in an answer to that question, that's perjury. Mm-hmm. So I was mm-hmm. glad that she asked the question. Do I think that it's likely that Amy Coney Barrett has sexually harassed someone? No, I don't believe that. But that doesn't mean you don't ask the question. Yeah. I so agree. conservatives were like, oh, that was so inappropriate. And how dare she? No. If you're going to put up wacko nominees like Brett Kavanaugh and Clarence Thomas, then we're going to ask everybody the exact same question. And I'm glad that she did. And I just want to do a little bit of a deep dive, like not a deep dive, like maybe like like a wade pool, <laughs> a wade pool <laughs> of Senator Maisie Hirono because she's kind of a badass. She um, grew up in like an abusive household. Her father was like a compulsive, like her father or grandfather, and they had a tight family, was a compulsive gambler, alcoholic. Mm. She really pulled herself up from her bootstrap. She's a um, first generation Japanese American immigrant. Um, she went to Princeton Law, went back to Hawaii, served as a state lawmaker. Um, ran and lost for governor, um, then became a congresswoman, and then was elected to the Senate in 2012. And she has really, if you go back, really since the um, since Trump was inaugurated, she's really been kind of one of the first leaders of like the Trump resistance in Congress. And she says he's she says he's disgusting. She doesn't support him. I mean, she's been candid from the get go about him, which I'm obsessed with. Mm-hmm. And she also she also started Trumpless Sundays. <laughs> And she goes, I don't watch the news. She goes, I don't do anything. I have Trumpless Sundays. She goes, and then I start the fight up on Monday. But all of my colleagues, even some Republicans do Trumpless Sundays with me. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. She started it. <laughs> uh, she, okay, that is an inspiration, right? Like Trumpless yeah. Sundays. I would, yeah, I yeah. would love to do that. But we record on Sundays, so. Right. Maybe, it, it, maybe, maybe Trumpless Sunday mornings. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So she's just kind of awesome. And I just think she's a real, real inspiration in the era of Trump. Again, a, you know, first generation immigrant, you know, rising mm-hmm. to the ranks of the upper chamber of the US Congress. And I just really think that she was awesome and standing her ground and asking the same question to Amy Coney Barrett that she would ask to any other nominee before the committee. Yeah. I agree. Well, I don't mean to bring us down at all, but my, <laughs> my loser of the week. <laughs> Is Dominic West and Lily James. Do you know anything about this? Okay. I I don't even know where to start. So for our listeners, Dominic West is that actor that was in The Wire and The Affair. Go fucking figure. Um, and he was, he was seen like making out with Lily James, a young actress. She was in Cinderella and I think Downton Abbey. She's like 31. He's 50 something. And they were like making out at the airport and like making out outside of a restaurant, like all over the place. The thing is, Dominic West is married. And then they, he did a photo op with his wife where they were outside of their castle because apparently they live in a castle. And they left a like a sign outside for the paparazzi that said like their marriage is all good. And then they came out and they like kissed each other. It's like what if you're having an affair with a younger, much younger woman, like I just play it cool, right? Like issue a statement apologizing or issue a statement saying like this is our personal business. Please respect our privacy. All marriages are different. You don't know anything about us. Don't turn it into like this crazy paparazzi shit show, right? It's just the whole thing's so weird. Bizarre. And I I wish that he had taken the track that you described. I've been following all the drama on um Dumois. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but but I will say this. I also like I either want what you described, or I want them to pull Lisa Rinna and own it. <laughs> you know, the thing is like, if they're 
in an open marriage and they're really it's like it's really fine. Okay, great. But you don't have to do like a photo op in front of your castle. Just just issue a vague statement and like move on. Uh, yeah, agreed. Yeah. And poor Lily James, like she had to cancel her appearance on like the Today Show or something because this is overshadowing her, her, whatever new movie or TV show she's coming out with. And it's like, I wish Dominic, instead of doing these photo ops with his wife and trying to make that seem all good, he should also stand up for Lily a little bit, right? Because if the situation is that they have an open marriage, he should protect Lily a little bit more, right? And and stand up for her and make sure she isn't getting a ton of hate. If if all parties were good with it, then he needs to come out and say that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's 2020. Yeah, whatever. Uh, wave your freak flag. Whatever. I mean, who doesn't who doesn't love an older man? <laughs> We're not I, even going to go there today. I can't even go there today. Um, I wouldn't choose Dominic West of all of all people, not Dominic West. No, my but. type of older man is like a Jeff Goldblum. Oh, oh, ooh, okay. I agree. It's a very specific, it's a very specific type of older man. Like that's my type of older man. Not Dominic West, but you do you. Uh, yeah, I mm, mhm. Uh, so my loser of the week is not as important. Well, actually, maybe. So my loser of the week is Indigo, which is our Indianapolis local transit. Um, and I have talked about taking the bus to the law school before on this podcast. And it's filled with a lot of what I would describe as fuckery. And they decided recently, Indigo decided, so I take the red line, which is our one bus rapid transit line. And I use rapid transit in quotations because there's really nothing rapid about it, but whatever. <laughs> it's bus, it's a dedicated bus line. Okay. It's something that most cities did 20 years ago, but mm-hmm. we're, we're getting it now. You know, it's like, it's like, I think we just got frozen yogurt last year here. You know what I mean? We're 20, we're 20 years behind every, and every trend. So Okay, so what they decided to do is because not enough people were riding the red line, uh, apparently, they decided to, de- like, instead of every 10 minutes have a bus come, they went down to 15 minutes. My problem with that is that now it's getting cramped on the buses. And in the middle of a pandemic with COVID, where mask wearing is really pretty optional on the buses, um, even though it's not supposed to be, it's pretty inappropriate. Because basically mm-hmm. you're turning these into like little mobile hotspots <laughs> and not, and I'm not talking about T-Mobile. Okay. <laughs> so I had, so you have to wait longer to get a bus and then it's packed when you get on. Well, I got on a bus Friday night after my classes and it was packed. I mean, I would have had to have sat right next to someone on a bus and I didn't really want to do that. So I would just stood mm-hmm. cause you can mm-hmm. stand on a bus. There's nothing yeah. wrong with it. Yeah. Well, this security person on the bus came over and I had my noise canceling headphones on because people like you, you know, you've been on Chicago public transit. It's not that different from Indy public transit. People are acting yeah. a fool. Yeah. Yeah. People will talk to you. It's, I'm not here for that. So I always have my noise canceling headphones on. Well, I guess this guy, he started like yelling at me and I was like, who is this person? So I like, took my headphones off and I was like, hello, how may I help you? That's literally what I said, <laughs> which is like, which is like my condescending way of like, like, I really don't want to deal with you. He said, hello, how may I help you? And he goes, yeah, you need to sit down. You have to sit down on this bus. And I'm thinking, I don't agree with that. But he had like security on. Meanwhile, he's also wearing a mask, but it's pulled under his nose. And you know Mm -hmm. what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Those Mm -hmm. are the worst. Mm -hmm. Because you're not wearing a mask. No. So it's pulled down under. And I go, okay, yeah. I go, yeah, whatever. And then I went and sat down. Because I was like, whatever. Well, that apparently ticked him off. 
So here's the thing about the red line. The red line, you have to, there are basically, you swipe your card before, like at a, like a pay station at the bus stop. So that okay. way it, 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 it speeds up the boarding process, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. But what, what ends up really happening is people just don't pay. Mm. So there are people, so if you're, the security guards have the authority to ask you for your ticket. It rarely mm -hmm. happens, but it sometimes happens. Well, he immediately turned around and goes, well, where's your ticket? And I was like, and I, fun fact, I have a free um, pass because I'm a veteran. So I have a free bus pass in Indianapolis. Mm. I can ride the bus anywhere in this damn town. <laughs> it's it's a luxury that, that, that everyone can afford and that no one wants. And I, I said, yeah, I said, I have a free vets pass. Do you have an issue with that? And I held it up and he, again, is not wearing his mask. He goes, he goes, he goes, yeah. And turned around and I was like, okay, whatever. Well, then this guy turned behind me, he goes, you have to pay to ride this bus. I said, I have a pass, this other passenger who was not minding his own business. And I said, yeah, I have a pass. And I showed it to him. I said, I said, do you want to scan it? It's another writer. And he goes, well, you know, a lot of people don't, don't pay. I said, well, I, I pay, here's my pass. And then the best thing on the bus happened. So Indigo is the loser here, but there was my white knight, my, sh my knight in shining armor. Someone else who had recognized me before on the bus goes, I see him all the time. He pays. <gasps> oh my God. <laughs> and I said, I said, thank you, sir. Thank you. And then I didn't say a word the rest of the ride, but someone came to my defense. So like, I have like backup on the Indigo bus now. I have street cred. Yeah, you do. You have personal fans on the red line. <laughs> I know. So I just want to say that really, yes, Senator Macy Hirono is my legend of the week, but my like, my like, my like streetwise legend of the week is this anonymous man who saved me from this guy who was being really nosy and interrogating me. And the security guard, oh, the security guard also who had his mask pulled down under his nose, yelled at someone for not wearing a mask too at one point on the bus, at a different point on the ride. So, okay. <laughs> so all of does, this is going on. <laughs> does every bus have a security guard on it? No, random. So random, like they'll have random people that will be there with fr from Indigo that will like, they're supposed to like check tickets, make sure you're wearing masks. They'll like pick up trash on the bus, like stuff like that. Oh, okay. All right. They're like, a, they're like a bus attendant. Got it. Okay. Yeah. We don't have those in Chicago. It's you just gotta, <laughs> you gotta hope no one's acting a fool on your bus. I, I was wondering the next time we were going to get a indie bus story. It has been a while. Um, and this one did not disappoint. It was, you know, it, I would say it was, it was a roller coaster, right? I didn't know where, where, how it was going to end, but I am so glad it ended with someone coming to your defense because yeah. those are the people we need in the world, honestly. Yeah. And I was thankful for it. And it I'll tell you what, he stopped the person from harassing me. So that was really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you should not have had to sit down. No, it's a, you can stay. There are literal poles. There are poles and places to hold your hands so you can stand because I was trying to socially distance, distance yeah. myself. I was trying to be appropriate. I was wearing a mask. I should have called out him for not wearing a mask, but I was flirting with danger and I needed to get home. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not the same James. I'm not the same James from, from high school. You know, I need a little bit more courage, you know, to stand up to the man. <laughs> oh, that's so. a great story. Well, good. I'm glad you enjoyed it. This was a great episode. I, yeah. you know what? I'm terrified for these next two weeks, but I'm also hopeful, but I'm mostly terrified. Uh, mostly terrified is the way that I feel as well. But you know yeah. what? It, it, it will, um, it will survive and it will be okay. Yeah, we'll get through it. You know, it's uh, we'll make it through. So on that note, thank you all for listening and uh, have a great week. Goodbye. Bye.